listening to Brain Steep, a podcast where we drink tea and talk, well, about tea and a full range of other topics. I'm your host, Corey Schmidt, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mark Stoddard. We believe tea is a great medium for conversation, so sit back, relax, grab a cup of your favorite leaf water, and enjoy. Mark. So um, I know the last episode I asked the three questions. Are you cool with me asking the same ones this time? You can ask anything. Okay. I like it. Full uh, full range. Um, so yeah, how are you feeling mentally? How, you, how are you feeling physically? And what are you drinking? And how's that drink uh, making you feel? <laughs> Just add an extra you know, one there. So, um, I'm like, I'm, I'm a bit relieved since I got all of my like end of the year BS out of the way. So whether I did it right or wrong for, for, you know, end of year work BS, it's, it's done. So that's good. Cool. Um, so that's, yeah, that's a relief. Um, physically I did. I got outside a little bit, so that's good. It's you know I'm in Michigan right now, so it's we have a lot of cold, fresh air, which I appreciate. Um, it's very snowy outside. We just got a ton of snow, so I still I'll still try to get outside today and get some some kind of exercise, but eh, good enough. Um, and what am I drinking? I'm drinking a. Uh, 2020 Yunnan sourcing raw poor. I forgot the the. There's like a, another name for it, um, but and that's I think that's enough information. I can look it up later. But a raw poor. Raw poor from yep. Yunnan. Yep. Now this is the this is because I remember you sent me a picture of like I think four different cakes and this is not that purple ninja right. This is a one of is it one of the four cakes though. Yeah, this is this is one of the four. That purple ninja was a black tea. This is just straight up raw pour. Um, okay. Every yeah, every year, uh, Yunnan Sourcing has like their own line of of tea cakes, and this is one of them for the year of the rat. So there's like some rats on the on the wrapper, of course. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, he does a good job with it. Yeah, I have to say. Um... I, I'm both surprised but very pleased with the different art that you can find on pour cakes, mm-hmm. compressed tea cakes, I'll say. Um, obviously, you do have just the standard ones with like the cha uh, kanji on it, but um, yep. I really enjoy the kind of sometimes crazy art on some of those cakes. I definitely could see, I'm certain there's probably a good number of people that collect those <laughs> and it's like a collector's item, the the, the poor cake uh, wrappers. Yeah, I, I, so I showed them to to my mother, and she, and some of the art she really liked, uh, like the the ripe tea one or the ripe poor one has these like little mice in in like a tree, and they have like a little fire going, and they're all cozy and warm and stuff. And she's <laughs> like, "You're not you're not gonna just throw that out, are you?" Well, 
eventually yeah yep. um it is it is nice though it's it's nice artwork and you know kind of similar to how don just had that that competition right uh, scott scott actually has artwork competitions so every year is like the year of the whatever um the dog or the year of the what was last year i don't know rabbit or t- this year's the year of the rat He'll, he makes a competition for tea cake wrappers so um you know all the all, all these people from all over produce artwork and send him like a a photoshop file or a, a png or something of the artwork and he picks some of those to use as his as his line of uh tea cake wrappers for the year whoa that's actually pretty yeah. cool i didn't know that yeah. he did that i mean uh, so i guess you, you get recognition for it and sort of a sense that you 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 know won but you don't actually get anything physical but just sort of um bragging rights i suppose well uh wouldn't you then if you bought the cake with your artwork on it you'd get that's uh, true you'd get the you'd get a free print <laughs> you know yeah free print sign it sell it on ebay yeah <laughs> um awesome awesome um yeah so for me, um, let me let me take a, a, an account. Mentally, doing all right. Um, I haven't had a job for like over a year, so that slowly takes its toll. But at the same time, it's sort of um, freeing. Um, and I mean, I can always dive deeply into into the psychology of uh, how I how I deal with jobs and and. Uh, what what takes up my time per day but uh so actually kind of a mix mentally i I, that takes its toll over time but at the same time i'm uh quite excited for this year uh especially with the turn of the year happy new year by the way um happy new year and and so 2021 i feel pretty good about um i actually will have a question for you soon in in relation to uh the new year and and uh it's time related so i'll I'll be interested in your answer um uh physically doing well again i can't really complain physical wise i know a lot of people are dealing with a lot of ailments and uh that's you know doubly so from last year uh so i really can't complain there i definitely of course could do better with uh some of my physical activity i uh (laughs) My interest in VR, I, I'm trying to mm. uh, do some physical activity in VR, which I am a proponent of, and so I sort of am like, okay, you know, if if, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna propose that this is a good thing to do, I need to own it and uh, be a part of that. So I'm trying to um, incorporate that uh, daily in terms of getting some activity in. Uh, what am I drinking? I am still going through what seems to be an endless amount of green tea that I bought from you know me um I still I think I'm looking at my um spreadsheet of my review notes on these teas and I think I have six more to go through um I had bought uh shoot I think it was around 18 teas 17 or 18 teas from them back in the early era or early time of 2020 uh all the new teas 
uh, they were producing for that year. And so the one I'm drinking today is a Tama Ryokucha. So this is a Fukamushi Tama Ryokucha. So Fukamushi meaning deeply steamed. And then Tama Ryokucha uh, sort of translates to like ball tea or rolled ball. So you can kind of think like it's getting towards like a dragon. Uh, what am I trying to think of? Dragon ball? No. Pilochan? Um, yeah, Pilochan. No. Pilo- okay. Well, Pilochan, I think, or um, yeah, I, I would say Pilochan is I, probably a good. I thought I thought you were gonna say Dragon Well, which is like the flattest tea. Right? On no, Earth. no, no, not Dragon Well. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, absolutely the opposite of Dragon Well. Um, but they kind of roll it. So think of it as I think Pilochan mm. is a good. If you if you know what Pilochan looks like, it's sort of that rolled has a curve to the to the leaves. It's like a um, snail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely doesn't look like Pilochan. I mean, the processing is quite different. And the way, and again, the Fukamushi, because they they steam it so far, or so, for so long, the leaves, when they go to process them and kind of roll them, that kind of rolling process, it really starts to tear the leaves up. So, um, but that's all part of the process. When you brew mm-hmm. that cup, I mean, it is... I was thinking about it this morning. It is like borderline like you're drinking matcha because so much of the leaf matter goes into your cup just because it's been torn up to such small pieces. Um, And I am like, I'm still a little tea high from, I I drank one tea before we got on and I'm drinking another and both were were fukamushi. So this is, I'm a little, if I'm a little loopy, that's why. Um... But my tasting notes for this tea, this tea, the dry leaf is sour plum and charred Brussels sprouts. <laughs> I'm going to go into ASMR mode here. Um, the wet leaf, I got goya and roasted wood. So goya is um, a, it, 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 that's a Japanese word for what's known as bitter, bitter melon. And this is a this is a vegetable that probably not a lot of people have tried, but I tried it when I was living in Japan, and it is it is an acquired taste. It is very bitter. It is like you're eating rind of of a very oh, bitter. Oh really? Yeah, it's and that's like the the internal flesh is is that bad or you know what? Good. Excellent question. It's because there really isn't much internal flesh. Oh. It's like all rind, sort of in a way. Um, so it's very bitter, but that's the tasting note I got. The drink itself, the liquor or liqueur or whatever you say, um, honestly, seawater, seawater and like chlorophyll. It's so, it's like briny almost. It's not salty, but you know, it's, it, it has Mm -hmm. that like intense, it's, it's just, uh, I like Japanese green teas. (laughs) They're a whole different well, I, you thing. You know, I, I wonder if any actual salt does get picked up. Ooh. Maybe maybe not, you know, on the actual leaves from the well, ocean. I, I've never been to Japan. A, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't know if there's much salt in the air. I mean, that'd be something to look into. I, I could totally see, especially if it's really near the sea, right? If it's, mm, right. If it's a... If it's a um, if it's a tea tea field that's very close by, I could see it. I could see it lapping up and uh, getting a little bit of salt in there. So that'd be interesting. 
It's a nice image, at least. Um, I think that I think that does happen with um, Scotch whiskeys are often no way. Toward, yeah, uh, so they'll they'll age Scotch whiskeys, um, you know, towards towards the ocean, like on on the shoreline. They'll have you know distilleries and storage facilities, and yeah, they'll they'll pick up things from the ocean and things from the area quite a bit as they age for years and years. That's that's cool. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the aging process. That's the one thing that I have to say. Like, obviously, when you're talking about a Japanese green tea, you're you're not you're doing your damnedest to keep the whole aging process uh, away. Yep. But then, poor teas and like these aged black teas, like man, that's when it just gets into crazy territory because so many different things can happen. And and uh, I mean, yeah, I need. That may be something that I add to my uh, resolutions this year, which that's, so I want to jump into, this is the very beginning of the year, first first episode of 2021, and so I wanted to have a few questions for you, some thoughts and uh, conversation around the new year. I've written down four non-tea related resolutions for myself, but what I want to try to do is maybe during this time, come up with one or two tea related resolutions and I don't know if you've got any ideas but that's one thing I definitely wanted to chat about first question for you though have we just now started a new decade or are we in the second year of the current decade yeah you know I've actually thought about this a lot probably <laughs> way too much and it it of course, it depends on how you define decade. If it's just um, a sequence of 10 years, I think you can start a decade whenever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's a, dec- a decade like the 60s or the 70s or whatever, um, uh, did we start a new one this year? I, d- I don't think we did. I would say we did not. I think this is the second year of the 20s. Okay. Okay. I disagree. I definitely disagree, though, on that. I, well, okay, I think well, Do we you disagree have... with the, the first part or the second part? Uh, the second part. Your conclusion. Okay. Your, okay. your statement. Like, I agree with you. It definitely depends. It's a relative uh, concept, right? Mm-hmm. But if we're just applying, you know, pure logic in terms of giving numbers to periods of time... There's no, you know, and I, you already know where I'm going here, right? There's no year zero. You start with zero, you start with one when you're counting, uh, you know, natural numbers. And so you would always start a new decade with one because one all the way to 10 would be 10 years, a decade. You're starting with one. So every decade truly would start with the first and end with, uh, you know, the two digit 10 Plus, you know, me having a software background, I always start from zero. So maybe that's maybe that's why. <laughs> that could I think be you're it. off by one. That could be it. <laughs> yeah, you traverse the array wrong. Um, well, I think well, one of us is having an off by one error or yeah. off by one bug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah. So I and and I think actually, you know, like. If you go to the Wikipedia article on decade, 
it specifically like talks about this. There's the sort of one one to zero decade and the zero to nine decade. And of course, as you said, the convention is the 60s. Well, it's from 60 to 69, the 70s from 70 to 79. Mm -hmm. um, but I think considering how shitty last year was and how many people don't want to. You're making a bold assumption about this year right now, but go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think this. No, no, no. So, yeah, let's talk about this because it's it's um, it's sort of what I've derived from myself thinking, you know what? This is the beginning of a new decade. And this goes into a topic that I, I always have. Well, I shouldn't say I've always had. I always have. But um, that interests me quite a bit in its sort of self-deception, self-delusion, uh, shared delusion and sort of the utility in diverging from quote unquote truth. Um, so it, you could argue that, of course, you know, reality doesn't care what year it is. There's, you know, it's a totally human concept that we've entered into another year. You're right. We've just revolved around the sun. Mm hmm again right and and we've decided to to note this specific time as something new um and something starting and uh but if the collective whole of humanity agrees you know this is a new beginning we are going to have a new way of thinking and and it's going to be different that in itself could create the reality that you know, comes, comes, comes forward or comes this year. Right. Does that make sense? Are, are you proposing like a new calendar system? Like this is year one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going that far. Uh, I know. I, I knew you weren't, but um, I wanted to implant that uh, in your, in your brain. <laughs> I mean, I'm not against the it. new age. <laughs> I'm all for Dude, I'm, I am 100% for uh, changing our calendar system to this being the year uh, 12,000, 12,021. Um, there's actually a really good, uh, argument for that mm -hmm. in that, uh, it, it kind of at least goes back to what we consider like the beginning of humanity with the agrarian age and, uh, incorporates a lot more of human history than just the last 2000 years. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it, um, I can never say the word right. It's a German word. It's a German YouTube channel called like Kurzgesagt or Kurzgesagt, and they do excellent videos. And they um, yearly, I think for the last three or four years now, they've produced a calendar, um, the twelve thousand, you know, like twelve thousand eighteen, twelve thousand nineteen, twelve thousand twenty, twelve thousand twenty-one okay. calendar. So you can put that up on your on your wall, and it be the proper year. <laughs> We should just all go to metric time. There, there was a Simpsons episode that used metric time, and because metric you know, time, uh, yeah, the, it, it was basically as as a lot of the Simpsons does. It's just making fun of people who think they have the right answer, mm. and somebody's like, ah, oh, the right answer is of course metric time, and then there's like five people who know what it is, and. Thirty people who thought they knew what it is, but got really confused, and then everyone else in the world who's just clueless. So, um, <laughs> again, you know, making fun of people who think they can 
control things and just end up looking like fools. Yeah, <laughs> happens a lot. Um, uh. so that that did make me think of something because we we have the decade, the six the sixties or the seventies, and I think you would agree that like the sixties as it's known would be from nineteen sixty to nineteen sixty nine. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, another thing that another sort of instance of this, and this might be like word overloading or phrase overloading or concept overloading is the word fruit. Like what is fruit? There's fruit? F-R-U-I-T? Yeah, fruit. F-R-U-I-T. Like technically a vegetable is a fruit, but this is like the typical example, but you don't put it in a fruit salad. A pumpkin is a fruit. So, so, so often we'll take a word and we'll use it so many different ways. Mm. And so there's like, you know, when you're having a conversation, um, and this is just the breakdown of language, it's like, do you mean the culinary term fruit or like the, I don't know, the plant term fruit? I don't know, plant biology term fruit? Like taxonomic? So, yeah, yeah. Um, there, there was a uh, part of the Joe Rogan, Elon Musk conversation, one of his interviews he um he put this pretty well so we use language to, to exchange ideas of course so uh, so i'll have this thought or idea in my head and i need i want to get it into your head so i'll compress it down using this compression algorithm called language or maybe it's called in- english but it's it's a very 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 lossy compression algorithm, so I'll compress it down, speak it, it goes into your ears, and then your brain uncompresses it, and and what ends up on the other side might be a very different representation of the original idea. I thought that you know compression algorithm hmm. uh, analogy was pretty good. I I definitely understand what he's saying i mean that is just the inherent problem of communication and and mm-hmm. and trying to transfer information from in this instance right uh, one one being to another but i disagree that the thought is not language in your head i i think i don't it, it know was, anyone yeah Sure. It was just much more about um, speech being a, a very, very lossy compression algorithm. I guess what what happens on the on the outsides of that is wasn't too right. so important. But yeah, and and I think though that's again that's just like an inherent issue with with a social species such as ours, where we're trying mm-hmm. to we have a reality inside of our minds and again we're social so we need to share that reality or explain it or convey it and uh it's just never going to be at the exact resolution that you're perceiving it just by i'll say nature by physics um Mm -hmm. so I, i do find that really communication is and i mean this goes back i think we were talking at the very end of the last episode about online communities and you know different people can convey ideas in different modes in different ways like 
you know, verbally versus written versus, you know, music maybe, right? And and other forms and things like that through art. Um, Dance. Conveying a message. Dance. Uh, so, yeah, the... The whole what is it Neuralink that he's working on? Like that was that was where he was going. Yep. Right, right. That was um. That'll be an interesting era if we find a new method to communicate through, you know, to, I, I essentially right like scientifically induced telepathy. I'll call mm-hmm. it. Uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be. I don't think it's anytime soon, but it'll be. Uh, a new era, maybe. Maybe. Well, you know, back to sort of uh, mediums of information exchange and compression algorithms, you can you can sort of think of it maybe as, uh, you know, if you, if you upload a YouTube video and then you make a video of that YouTube video and re-upload it, it gets compressed more and more. And yeah. you keep doing it and it keeps getting compressed and eventually it's like unrecognizable. Um, that being compared to like, you know, 120 hertz, 8K video being like the neural link and what we currently have for communication is like that super compressed video. I mean, it's got to be uh, magnitudes and magnitudes better than... Um, speech right now for i again (laughs) i'm i'm skeptical because you're you know the the analogy i don't believe holds because instead of it being a formatted you know uh, you know a certain tv takes a certain format and it displays Mm -hmm. it If, if you don't send that tv the proper format you're just getting noise now you're you're trying to transfer information from one computer using one uh, specific out, uh, protocol, let's say, and then you're transferring it to another computer that works pretty much on the same protocol, but it has to kind of run some different algorithms to figure out, okay, what what did that actually mean? Okay, I'm going to convert that over to this. And I'm talking about, obviously, like a human communicating to another human, a mm-hmm. computer to a computer, right? Like, we're running on different hardware, and we'll never run on the same hardware. We could attach, say, a new way of sending data from one computer to the to the other computer you know that human to human but in, in the end that interpretation and like storing that information is it's different that's true that's a you good know what point. i mean mm-hmm. and it's i mean it bothers me because but okay but what but what if you could take like a literal snapshot of the bundle of nerves mm. holding uh, holding an idea send that across some kind of a wire and recreate that same bundle of nerves in the other person's brain Ooh. then shit man now you're getting into some interesting that's, territory that's, that's lossless transmission of idea right there but would that yeah i'd have to think about that because then <laughs> You know, you'd be like changing a portion of the brain, which then means mm-hmm. you're altering that person. Yeah. And then like, you know, you know, you get in there <laughs> and you're like, oh shit. Okay. I've got these 32 <laughs> neurons. Okay. Okay. Uh, shit. There's not a connection over here. <laughs> That's all right. We'll just splice it in. <laughs> it seems impossible, but a lot of things seemed impossible. Oh no, no. I, I mean, um, I, I will say, and I have a good friend that 
I don't know if he would consider himself a transhumanist, you know, in the, in the idea oh, that... Oh, sure. Right, but, <clears throat> but he definitely is a big proponent of, say, digitizing the brain, right? And mm -hmm. um, finding a way for immortality and, and, you know, I find it extremely fascinating. I'm all for going down that path and seeing what's there, but I'm very skeptical. I'm very kind of... Um, it just I just question whether it, that is a possibility. There's there's there are limits to human ingenuity and and the ability for us to do things. I know that it feels like we can do anything, and we should. I mean, we should assume we can do anything because that way we get as far as we possibly can. But uh, the end result, I, I don't know where where that leads us. Um, I'm clearly sea drunk because I'm just we're just diving deep. That, we're just getting in there. Was yeah, we maybe we should get back to the main thread written wrap up this yeah. tangent. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, 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 no. That was good. That was a good one. Um, um. So, well, okay, yeah. Let's let's return back to this year, thinking about twenty twenty one. Um, I have some resolutions I would like to publicly state, and this is partially to get some feedback from you, Mark, and then also to hold myself accountable. Um, and then I'm really, you know, I'm looking forward to this year's tea. I, I, I hope it's a good year for tea production. And, um, like I said, I'm getting through these green teas that were produced mostly last year. Uh, I'm pretty excited to purchase some new tea when it comes available, you know, maybe, I guess, uh, China, you can usually get some stuff in March, April, I think for Japan, since they're a little farther north, uh, they start doing uh, production maybe more April May. Obviously, every year is going to be different, mm -hmm. but um, well, and yeah, what what I want to say, basically, one of the possible resolutions that I could create uh, surrounding tea, I may have already preempted myself on because after we recorded last episode, I um just by chance got an email from you know me, this company that I buy these Japanese green teas from. And um, I had forgotten I added a tea to like a wanted list or like, you know, like a wish list on their site. And it said, hey, this is uh, back in stock, which was odd because I was like, well, you know, they produce all their tea kind of in the spring. So how it went out of stock and came back into stock, I'm not sure. But it was um, a very unique tea called, uh, well, it's, it's a stick or a twig tea. So it's, um, man, I'm blanking here. Uh, it's... Uh, not kooky cha. No, yeah, it is kooky cha. Sorry, it's kooky cha. So yeah, stem yeah. or twig tea, kooky cha. And it's very unique, though, because two, two, two reasons. They are the stems from gyokuro. So the highest grade green tea from Japan, gyokuro, is shaded during um, the spring for, I think, I, it, it probably ranges, but maybe about four weeks or so, something like that, where it's shaded and the uh, theanine levels just are ramped up. So these are twigs from those plants. But then they take it through some unique roasting process that some um, Japanese producers kind of kind of started using not that long ago to where they roast it just enough for the outside to get kind of kind of roasty toasty, um, I'll say. And then the center of the twigs remain green. And so I'm really excited for this tea. I basically ordered it. And I also ordered a Kyusu, 
a um, Japanese teapot left-handed, which are kind of what? rare. Yeah, left-handed kyuzu. So for for anyone that's not aware, the Japanese teapot has a handle coming off to the side, so that when you're pouring it, you you kind of have the handle at a ninety degree to the spout when you're pouring it down into your cup. And most of these handles are on a right-hand side for a right-handed pour. But this one, left-handed. And so I wanted a Cusa for a while now, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to bite the bullet, buy it. And so maybe I'll say I've already accomplished one of my resolutions, which is to get a nice Cusa for the year. Are you left-handed? I am. Oh, I wonder if I knew that. I think I, I might have. Uh, Probably at some point. Are you? Uh, I am not. Let me okay. think. Who I else is left-handed? So. Is Ric- do you know if Ricardo is left-handed? Somebody Ooh. else is. I, you know, as soon as you say that, I start imagining. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I honestly it. don't know. I don't think Jim <laughs> is. Um, friends of ours down in Puerto Rico. Um, he might be, though. Um... Yeah, I, I, left-handed. I'm. I'm always when I come across somebody left-handed. I'm like, what's up? <laughs> part of the, part of the clan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So I don't know. Do you want to hear uh, hear these resolutions of mine, or do you have an idea for yourself in terms of a tea-related resolution? Oh, so okay, uh, you know, I can make one up on the spot. Yeah, do it. So since. At the end of last year, I was working on this tea website because uh, one of the current websites that I buy tea from, it just infuriates me, as do many websites in general. Amazon.com infuriates me. Um, <laughs> it's So I, I need to build a website to look at the data on these other websites. Um, so And I started doing that with, with one tea website. I'd really like to... Um, build it out so that it's useful and it has a nice UI and get more data from other T websites in there. Because, um, mm. you know, as as I was uh, looking at some of the more uh, sort of end of year posts on the T subreddit, mm-hmm. you know, people were talking about, oh yeah, my, my shipment came in from this, from this vendor. Um, th- thank goodness I got their like, black friday deal or uh i got this great deal on this tea too bad it's sold out there's like insane deals out there i wish i knew about them and even more than that i wish i wish a piece of technology could just tell me about them and i didn't have to Uh. (laughs) i didn't have to like open emails or browse websites um yeah if i can build something that can recognize good deals on tea uh that would be a resolution for this year. That's a solid idea. I, I think in my mind, I'm I'm kind of imagining what it is that you're uh, wanting to create. So sort of a, a a meta site of all other tea sites, but presented exactly. in a more you know aesthetically pleasing way for yourself, and then also like some 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 logic to it, so that it uh, maybe like you know pulls certain teas for you know based on whatever you describe to the top so you can go oh shoot like that's a super high-end tea for a really cheap mm-hmm. price yeah i think there's this has sort of been done to death you know 
uh, taste curation. So it's been done with wine, with chocolate, with like all these different boxes that you can, with clothing, um, all these different sort of subscription models you can sign up for. It's like, hey, you know, take this quiz and we'll tailor a box of junk to send you every every month. Oh, right. And I, I don't know how well that works out. Um, for me personally, what I'd, what I'd really like is, you know, if I can tell a system, uh, whenever you find a great deal, just buy it for me and send it to me. Like if mm. it, whenever you find a good deal on tea, buy it and send it. And this is the max I'll spend per month. And if I like it, great. And if I don't, well, it was a good deal. And I think that that'd be interesting. I for sure want to hear more on that. Uh, and as, as you, as you kind of, uh, condense that down into, uh, maybe mm-hmm. an MVP even, uh, That'd be pretty awesome. That I'd I'd uh, I'd take take part in that myself. People like deals. Uh, I also started oh, using. I started using. Oh gosh, what is that? What that Chrome plugin? Um, then honey, honey, yeah. Uh, Tell honey me about that. For... <laughs> I I have kind of stayed away from that like the plague. Yeah, me me too. But and I I know what they're doing. They're scraping all of my browsing and uh purchasing data mm-hmm. that's why but <laughs> but what they do and it, but i think it's pretty legit um it's it's a browser plugin it's like a chrome plugin probably safari also firefox and if you go on one of a large number of websites and you do you do your shopping there as you check out it will start just applying all these different coupon codes hmm. into like the little coupon code entry area. So it'll just automatically start applying stuff. Boom, 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 boom. And if one of them applies, you know, it'll, 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 it'll leave it and then keep applying the other ones. And it's, it's built really well and it works really well. And it's, it honestly has saved me money. Not that they're our sponsor, but, it it works pretty well. That I have to admit, that's surprising hearing that you mm-hmm. use that. But now I'm intrigued. It took it definitely took a while. Yeah, because I mean, I just <laughs> I'm sure you know we probably uh, are exposed to ma- many of the similar uh, many of the same media sources online, and uh, when they're like, this is this video is brought to you by Honey. <laughs> I'm just <Yeah>. like, uh, <laughs> but. You know, I mean, I guess, yeah, if you're going to give your data away to somebody, at least have coupons be given to you for, for it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, I might, I might have to have to at least give it a go, maybe a little trial run. Um, so let's see here. I, I've got four of these resolutions I've written down now. They may, I may kind of mold them one way or another, but I am of course, trying to make them quantifiable um, because that's how you should set your resolutions. You know, it's qualitative. is easy to just um, not, you know, not be able to measure, basically. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to just read them off if, and I don't know, get, get, get your thoughts. If anything, any of this kind of um, creates a question in your mind, go ahead and ask it. And then uh, 
I can go into a little bit more detail if, if, uh, if you want. So first one is to create a fully interactive web-based uh, VR experience within the first quarter. That's probably my most like intense uh, resolution. So yeah, within it, by, by the end of March, I'm hoping to have that created. Um, number two, find and move into my own place by the end of the second quarter. So as I had said, I'm still unemployed and, uh, you know, sort of lost my way with uh, what I was doing before, which was cybersecurity. And so um, I luckily have a very loving mother in which I am living in the basement of her home. And uh, as much as I appreciate that, I definitely need to find my own space and uh, move on. Um, So that's number two. Number three, produce 50 episodes of this podcast that we are currently producing called Brain Steep Podcast. If you didn't know, this is Brain Steep. You're listening to me and Mark. We talk about tea and uh, whatever thoughts come across our mind. Ride um, the tea. Ride the tea. Ride the tea. <laughs> Dude, I want to watch that episode again. That is Futurama references. Um, last one I've written here is create a presentable business plan for a VR development company by end of year. Um, so maybe you can gather from at least the, you know, two of these resolutions, my sort of new trajectory is into back into development and specifically VR. Uh, that's kind of, you could say I've caught the VR bug. I'm, I'm a big proponent of that space right now. And it excites me to the degree that I actually want to get back into coding. Okay. Um, I, I think the first, so, so that was your four, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think, I think the, the first and fourth use some language that maybe, maybe there's some weasel words in there. Do you know, I think, do you know what weasel words are? I can gather what that means, but, but explain. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think it's um, towards the same direction as you're not wanting to be qualitative. Uh, so, okay, what was number one again? The wording I, I specifically wrote was create a fully interactive web-based VR experience within the first quarter. So, okay, so that that leaves a broad, very very broad range of what that could entail. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess more specifically, what do you what, what would it look like, and what would be like the range of interactivity? Um, yeah, so so I have a couple right now ideas. My first that I would love to create is um, an interactive uh, learning experience about the solar system. So. Basically, um, you would be dropped into sort of a museum type setting. Okay. Um, there would be voiceover uh, from me, kind of explaining uh, the situation you're you're in. You would be able to look around the museum, move around the museum, and see the different planets and sun, uh, maybe on pedestals, you know, or, or kind of lined up. I'd have everything accurate to scale so every every planet would be the proper size relative to the other planets 
Um, they would be spinning on their axes properly, you know, in the right direction at the right speeds. And then what I want is for you to be able to, uh, you know, there may be some interactivity there where you bring up all the planets to the exact same size and you can kind of look at the features on them um, and then bring them back down to their relative size. And then there's going to be like a second portion where the museum breaks apart and you're out in the solar system and the planets go to their orbits around the sun. And uh, then you have proper spacing there. So you got to have the sizes of the planets proper, rotations proper, uh, si uh, distance from planet to planet and to the sun properly. Obviously not, not to scale, but, uh, you know, the, the, well, I guess, yeah, to scale, I, I forget what the, pro like, obviously not real scale, but some, some factor of the proper scale mm -hmm. that, that makes sense in the space to give people a true understanding of, uh, the, the, size and and vastness of just our solar system and again some voiceover going on there maybe you can pick some things up or you have like a panel that you can interact with to to change things so would you be like flying around in space going up to these planets to get like a better view of them or is there like yeah i, I guess when i when i thought um maximal interactability maybe you could like go up to a planet and there would be some information bubbles on it and you can click on it and it would uh you know speak to you some information about that planet that would be pretty interactive some facts about it or something yeah yeah it's you know something like this where i'm giving myself in my opinion starting with where i'm at uh and wanting to create this got to be careful with scope creep um i i obviously could turn this thing into like an insanely large project and over mm -hmm. time it'd be amazing if i could but uh yeah maybe a word i put in there is mvp you know minimum viable product yeah something that is complete quote unquote complete but could obviously be improved upon added upon all kinds you know like the brain steep website right it's an mvp it Mm -hmm. It looks mm -hmm. decent. It has information. It needs some reworking. Things could be added. I'd like to add like a review section, right? So something like that where I could always add things to it. Okay, cool. That makes that, that, that makes much more sense than the, the first time you mentioned that, that first goal. Um, man, I, I wonder, I think you would, you would definitely know more about this than I would. Um, I wonder what you'd have to do with with like traveling speed of your guy in the, in the universe, so that it mm. you know you could get you could get to you could set one speed and get from the sun to uh, what is the first planet Mercury or something? Mercury, yep, Mercury. Mercury. See, this no, would be you, a great experience for you, Mark. <laughs> it, it it would be as long as you build it uh, the following way. So oh, if you okay. go if you go from otherwise the, the sun no to mercury you. well if you can if you can fly from the sun to mercury in I don't know 5 seconds or 10 seconds or something mm. and that's a good experience what what do you have to do to your flight velocity so that it doesn't take you a year to get to pluto Okay so <laughs> yeah 
That is an absolutely excellent question, specific with VR locomotion, right? So Mm -hmm. that is where I've been learning, and there's some articles I need to read. I kind of have them pinned on um, VR design and and user interface design with VR and user experience. And um, that type of locomotion is really frowned upon and sort of like the the VR experience space for like people that are like really focused on UI UX. Um, it, I, I don't know yet how I would want you to be able to move. I know that you're familiar with alt space okay. and you have right. the port teleportation um, element to that where you can point somewhere and, and your person just appears. Now that kind of, it's unfortunate because that kind of takes you out of the out of the space a little bit, right? It kind of kind of breaks the immersion. But most, you know, the other kicker is trying to be very broad with who's going to enter the experience. Some people, and you can learn to be less um, less susceptible to motion sickness. But some people just get motion sickness very easily, mm-hmm. and so any kind of uh, fluid motion, where you're moving from point A to point B is is really usually a bad idea huh um there's some games like onward that i play that is purely that you just push your joystick and your your character moves on the map and it it genuinely like the first few times i got in there you know i felt a little sick coming out of it coming out of it but now i'm fine but some people definitely no 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 they might you know throw up um so I don't yet know. I w- the one thing I will tell you though is what I've learned from. I'm taking this Udemy course on uh, A-Frame, which is a kind of a high-level framework for making VR experiences in in the web, just using basically HTML. I mean, obviously you can bring in some JavaScript and stuff, but um, he he is a clear you know UX UI guy. He comes from the from the design space of things, and um, some of the things he said just really really are are interesting and and I need to spend a little more time thinking about because um yeah basically his point was when we design for VR we need to really forget about um the standard way in which you design for a typical video game or experience mm-hmm. like on on PlayStation or on the computer it should be it should be very specific to how VR is done. So instead of having the character move or having the person move to things, you have everything revolve and move to the character. Um, and you kind of leave the character in a single space because you're standing in one place generally or sitting um, when you have the VR headset on. And uh, that I kind of, to re kind of reshift or kind of, sh- yeah, shift, shift how you design this, the experience. I may have it that way where you do you have very minimal movement and things come to you in different ways. Okay. So it's uh it's definitely gonna it's gonna test my abilities, that's for sure. And and I'm gonna have to learn a lot to, to get there. But that's I just hope that um because the cosmos sure knows me well in that I uh, get excited about things and um, will do something. I'll do like a not even an MVP. I'll uh, mm-hmm. I'll just piddle around with something and I'll be interested and then I'll be like, ah, eh, that was good. I'm I'm good now. <laughs> and well, I'll even, move on. 
even with an MVP, uh, it's there can be like one piece of the MVP that's magnitudes more difficult than the other pieces. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh man, it's this one thing. Ah, forget it. It's not worth it. Yep. Yep. That was, um, oh man. Yeah. There's plenty of stories there. Uh, so I know what you're talking about. That's, yep. that's going to be a challenge. So that, again, I re the, the, I put the, the first quarter there because Again, I need. I would really love it if I could somehow turn what I'm spending a lot of time on here with VR and get, getting back into coding, uh, turn that into either a job I find or a job I create. Um, and uh, so I, I just, I, I need to get going on it. So <clears throat> I'm thinking of like all these different little pieces of advice for like project management and this and that and milestones and blah, blah, blah. I just thought of one of the sort of classic software books called The Mythical Man Month. Are you familiar with that one? I've never heard of that. Okay. So it, it has it has some pretty um, well-known concepts in it. Like I think I think they talk about how you can't you can't make one baby in in a month with nine women. Right. It, <laughs> right, it doesn't, right, right. Things you can't just throw a bunch of people at a problem and have it scale that way. Um, uh, another another concept that they kind of put in this book for the first time is build the first one to throw away. So maybe keep that in mind. Like, don't make it garbage intentionally, but don't try to like future proof it. Um, for your for your MVP, um, try to build it and learn from it, and then throw it away and start from scratch. Agreed. Very much agreed on that point. Yeah. I I feel that I'm currently doing that. I, I kind of spun up like a little sandbox while I'm messing with this A-frame stuff. Mm-hmm. And it is... I basically loaded, I don't know, like a dozen different textures. So like when you're designing 3D space to give the... Um, to give flat surfaces a, a look you can either just, you know, color them with a flat color or you can download these these textures that these companies make that give them a very realistic look. Um, and I lo- I try to go to that experience and my computer, it's a little old. It just it it, it almost just takes my computer down and you know, I don't even know how to how to how to um, optimize things. You know, there may be ways in which I can um, optimize that experience, but right now it's just I'm trying to understand how to even use a texture right so yeah, um, yeah. that is not going to be Gosh. staying up on on the web on the website or anywhere for very long and that geez that that industry keeps getting more and more and more complicated oh man so good the, luck the, to you. which in the the three which which yeah one? just just the, the 3d industry and the art industry and you mm. know graphics in general dude yeah i I have to say it's because I'm getting all into this whole VR development like it's really interesting. Um mm-hmm. I didn't know a lot of the principles and concepts surrounding, you know, 3D space. I mean, something I don't know if you've seen these, but for anyone, hopefully hopefully this would be as funny for anyone, especially if you're a video game player. Um like maps like player maps or like character maps well 
I I'm so so you know how 27 or uh, Cyberpunk 2077 came out. Oh sure sure. Um so that's a for anyone that doesn't doesn't know this or isn't interested in video games basically um big big title probably one of the biggest titles over the last I don't know maybe mm-hmm. half decade or something came out on computer and they had pushed it back I mean maybe half a dozen times um they kept pushing it back it finally dropped uh, at the very end of last year and there are these compilation videos on yep. youtube of the glitches of of you know and look i don't blame them at all really the 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 fact that they've basically like created sort of they've this is like probably the closest to like a a city simulation um you know obviously on the surface you know um, trying to make all things interact properly, the physics engine, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So hard to keep all everything just running smoothly. But these compilation videos are absolutely hilarious <laughs> because you just don't expect almost any of it to happen. And it, it's just, it's one of those things like how, you know, about humor, like the unexpected is what makes you laugh. And uh, for me, those things are just, just hilarious. Um, I can blame them. <laughs> okay, but, why so? Uh, I mean, because you, then you know it's, what it's you, their, do it. it's, you do it. It's Mark. Their, it's you their product. Cyberpunk it's their product. No way. No way. Um, it's their product. But I, I mean, I, I think I think I I understand their, you know, sort of focus going forward. It isn't just like a one-off game. It's probably an engine to be used by other game companies to build their games and they'll license it and they'll use it for their other games going forward. So, I mean, this sort of thing always happens. Like id id Software comes out with a game and this goes, you know, all the way back to Doom. And sure, they built Doom using it, but they also licensed it out so that other people can use this awesome engine that's like revolutionary um, and they, they always have tons of bugs at first, but then it sort of be, it becomes like the standard for building cutting edge games going forward. Mm. So maybe maybe that's it. I don't know the details on, you know, what engine or what tech they're using. I, I think I came across it at some point, but definitely have forgotten. Um, but yeah, th- that that's the other point that that even a, a standard y- engine like um, what Unity like mm-hmm. even it's changing constantly. So then, you know, constantly trying to keep up with any of the new bugs being introduced with, with new iterations. And then um, kind of mo- mo- more recently with some of the new tech coming out, uh, some of the new like GPUs and like the new consoles, the, the new video game consoles, like all the new hardware and stuff that you got to just test, 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 test. Like yeah. uh, it's got to be a headache. Um. But you I, hate know, computers. Uh, I think actually it's probably a good. You know what? I would rather it be glitchy because then you don't get the funny ass compilation <laughs> videos. That's if true. it was a perfect game, it just wouldn't have the character that it has now. <laughs> that's uh, that's one argument. way to look at it. And that's that's an argument, I suppose. Perfection. You know, that's a that's a that's a goal for the for the uninitiated. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I, I would I would recommend the Mythical Man Month. It's it's a it's a short book. It's a good book. It's sort of a, a classic. So uh, yeah, I'd recommend Mythical that. It, it might help. Month. Yeah. 
yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Um, is it, what's the, like, it's just basically like the, uh, coding principles or like, um, it's, it's like project management principles. Okay. Okay. And sort of uh, fallacies and they might've, it might, they might've incorporated some studies from IBM, I think. Um, but there's some good, there's some good nuggets in there and, you know, a, a lot of people who dig really, really deep into this stuff, they reference the mythical man month. Okay. It, do you know, um, one guy that I just find extremely fascinating kind of in the game slash VR space is Jaron Lanier. Um, no. he, he's a, he's an interesting guy. Like he's a, he's somebody to listen to, too. I think he, and apparently he has some books out. I, I might have to check. Um, oh, I think he wrote not recently, maybe a year or two ago about uh, social media. Cause he's very, uh, kind of, um, worried about where things are going with social media. So he, he I think he kind of chimed in and made a book on that, but he, he met, he, I think he, his history is with, um, computer programming and, and computer systems and technology. He, he, I think his claim to fame is, um, he, or I'll say his company back in like, I think the eighties, uh, created the first quote unquote, like VR headset and gloves. Oh, wow. Okay. And not, not really the first VR headset. It's like the first commercially available or commercially viable one. It was, you know, a very experimental back then, but, um, yeah. So he's got some interesting thoughts. Um, well, I've got a number of topics, but I might have to, what, what, uh, we're about at an hour. Um, did you, T resolutions to add to these four, I think the only other one that I might try to add is I want to find one more really, really like reputable, solid tea source, right? So we, we reference you, you reference you sourcing a lot. Um, uh, we both have have gotten tea from Mayleaf. You've gotten tea from Mayleaf, right? Yeah. Yep. Right. So we both buy from Mayleaf, Yunnan Sourcing. I'm I'm a fan now of You Know Me, um, just in the way that they they uh, source tea. There's one guy I forget the channel name that um, makes poor tea. He's he's a um, I think he's originally from France, maybe, and he lives now in China with his wife, and they they produce tea. Nanoshan. Ethan, what is it? Is it Nanoshan? That's not ringing a bell. No. Okay. But um, France. I okay. might want to buy tea from him, but he, it's one of those. He's a very dedicated guy, but like they might produce three or four teas, right? Like, and it's all poor, and it's not necessarily Whoa. cheap. Probably, it's kind of expensive. Yeah. So, um. I'd like to find a good source though that I can trust and know that the people doing it are, are you know dedicated to the to the quality. Might try to find one. Um any final thoughts? Hmm. You know, a lot of people are really relieved that 2020 is over. I don't I guess maybe. I I'm not that hopeful that 21 is going to be much better. I think that's, I, I agree with that because again, it's not like anything has actually changed. It's just another day and mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not like 2021 hit and things got reset. 
no, to my knowledge, nothing got reset. <laughs> um, but as as I said early, I think it's the mental state of humanity as a whole. And if the if you can agree, if you can kind of have a shared delusion that this is new, we're we're wiping the slate clean, we're going to do things differently now. That itself can create change. So that sounds frightening <laughs> to me. <laughs> why? Uh, in, enough people to say that okay, um, we're wiping the slate clean. We're going to do things differently now. Um, if if people actually do that and like at a large scale, then uh, I probably won't like what they do differently. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I guess my worry is i don't want people to throw the baby out with the bathwater. you know oh i'm not something... yeah i'm not speaking to that degree i'm just saying look um some people are though I... yeah it, it's 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 how you it's your perspective though it's it's mm -hmm. how you're perceiving the world look i, I mean i've said this a few times you know, my the only thing that really keeps me going is finding truth, you know, like finding new new information about the reality we live in. I do think that we live in an objective reality. I am a physicalist. I think we you know, there's there's no, you know, man in the sky or thing in the sky that's controlling everything. I think the cosmos is just that it's just there um and we're and i find it extremely fascinating that we can perceive it the way we perceive it now and i hope that we continue to sort of unveil more and more about it that's what i like to to spend my time on and understanding reality um but there's there's a certain utility that i think i'm understanding in that you you sort of create a, a reality for yourself that is useful for you, right? Again, if the truth is that there is no meaning to anything and <laughs> humanity is just some random species that popped up on a on a you know a floating planet in the vastness of space, which has billions of other planets and this could be happening again and again and again. And there's nothing special here, right? Like it's just one out of a billion times that this is happening. Um, you know, what use, is, you know, again, I would love to know that, but what use does that have? Like, what, wh where do I take that? Where, what do I do with that? Versus creating a reality in my mind going, you know what, this year is different. I know it's not. I know, I know it's just a, a mm -hmm. made up concept that some, you know, human in the past called the Gregorian calendar. And now we're mm -hmm. in 2021 of the Gregorian calendar, blah, blah, blah. But if I tell myself, well, you know what? I don't give, I don't, I don't care that that means nothing. Um, I want things to change. So I'm going to go, you know what? This is new. It's, it, I'm not, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> describing it perfectly yeah, but no no, no I, I get it it's sort of i don't know, maybe it's mind over matter if you can yeah if you can con convince yourself of something then you, it can really bring out changes in in your physical life and how you live 
Yeah. I mean, that's really the only way forward, I think. Like, um, at least for me, again, I'm coming from the perspective that it's really hard for me to be motivated. I have to create my own motivation because um, there is no grand scheme or plan that I believe, you know, exists. It's pretty much just what you decide to do. And, uh, and for me, my, like I said, uh, last episode and this episode, my mental state, generally speaking, like I will say I've never, you know, been in jail and I've never been tortured and I've, I've generally not been subjected to extreme conditions. So I, mm-hmm. I want to premise that, but my mental state, it's really hard for me to be down in the dumps or be depressed. I, I, I occasionally will, you know, have, have a day or two, but my mental state is usually of elation for the most part, just cause I laugh at the, I mean, I'm an absurdist. So <laughs> just the kind, like even just you and me talking on the podcast about tea is, is it, hilarious. Is it, is it like the, the dog in his house that's burning down and he's like, this is fine. <laughs> Uh, I, it wouldn't be that, but, but, uh, but okay. But, but if you were that dog and your house was on fire, you'd just be like, well, well, this is ridiculous. This is my, really my house is on fire. Come on. That would be it. Yeah. I wonder how you'd react. Maybe Um, you'd put it out. Huh? Maybe maybe you'd put out the fire. Yeah. I would, I would take action, but I'd be laughing. (laughs) I mean, you know, again, I, I can't describe this goes back to your point about communication, right? It is really hard for somebody to to convey their true perspective of reality and it's not it's not like you learn it. It's just it is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Some people are going to be the way they are. You know, I was thinking about this um either earlier today or yesterday. Like there's certain things that can definitely change over time for a person, but then there are there do seem to be these like core aspects of 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 someone's personality that really persist and just do not change and and you could think of these as maybe um um what what do I want to say like base assumptions or um platforms for which everything else kind of emanates from for somebody and for me like yeah just the the absurdity of the world is is something that sort of sort of colors every other thought that I have. And so that in of itself makes it so that it's really hard for me to feel bad about something or anything because it's just <laughs> See, I'm laughing now. <laughs> so anyway, my point being since my normal state is pretty much I'm good. Um I had like for me to change my my position in life, for me to strive for things, I do have to sort of create a fake reality in front of me to to go, well, no, 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 you, you know, you really should do things because I know the goal in life is to live a happy existence, yada, 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 but let's do some stuff too. <laughs> I know in the end it doesn't matter. I know in the end I'm just some stardust, you know, uh, and, and, uh, everything everybody does doesn't matter, but who cares? <laughs> hmm. That's, <clears throat> that's 
what's going through my head right now. Interesting. Yeah. So again, gotta gotta keep motivation. That's why I'm like, this year gotta gotta really uh, change change gears, and uh, I really do hope I continue to enjoy VR. I'm a big fan of it. Out of all the different technologies that people kind of are focused on right now, you've got like 3D printing, you've got cryptocurrency, you've got uh, AI. Most practical, in my opinion, and kind of what's shown itself, at least in terms of uh, economics, is uh, current state of VR. Man, hmm. Interesting. I don't know. Why do you, why do you think that? It's, it's the most practical. Um, because, well, and, and I, the, the area that I still need to, to learn more about is AR. So augmented reality instead of the virtual reality. But, um, Ooh, agreed. Yep. Right. Cause there's a lot going on in that space. Talk about, um, some activity. Um, so I, I kind of need to do my research on AR to get a better opinion on it. I don't have as much of a belief in AR right now just because I, again, it's probably my ignorance. Um, but with VR, um, but it, what's the I, killer, what's the killer app for VR that gets widespread adoption? I don't, uh, not that it matters think, that I don't see it, but I don't, I don't see it. I can't imagine it. Right, I don't think that's the way to look at it. There is no killer app. There mm-hmm. and and in Nord does there need to be a killer app? I see I see VR. Okay, so this is what I thought of uh, a few days ago when I was con- considering this. Think of back when um, the PlayStation 2 came out. Um, the PlayStation 2 was a video game console and most people were buying it to play video games, but it was it the amount of units that were sold. I mean, that may have still been. It, I, I don't know the I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it was one of, if not still, the most heavily sold uh, video game console. And a lot of that was because people were buying it to be a DVD player. It was the cheapest DVD player at the time, and it oh, did yeah. a great job of doing that. Mm-hmm. So again, there was no like specific thing you know you 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 had kind of a a divergence of people buying this specific piece of technology to do what they wanted to do with it whether that was play you know a a spider-man dvd or play uh you know whatever um final fantasy game um so vr i think the great thing about excuse me the the great thing about vr is how broad it can be in its use so the the versatility, I guess I'll say, and um, obviously anecdotal, but <clears throat> the amount of people I've introduced it to and the, the immersion that they experience and uh, convey back to me and like their excitement about it um, tells me a lot, anecdotally, obviously, again. But then uh, I, I go to the markets, I go to, I go to the numbers, and you've got Facebook full in on this like yeah and that's that is a not insignificant signal yes yes um so that i'd say out of yeah the way you just described it not an insignificant signal i think that plus they um i was looking at the numbers i think yesterday or the day before trying to understand how many units 
of the Oculus headset have been sold? Because there are many different VR headsets for anyone that's not aware of this space. There are many different VR headsets, but the two kind of main ones that really kind of woke a lot of people up were the Oculus Quest and this past year in 2020, they released the Oculus Quest 2. And these are standalone headsets. So they're not tethered to a computer. You do not need a high-end computer to get into these. So this made, this made and, and it's going to just continue, made the technology accessible. Like before, you had to be a tech guy, build your own PC, uh, have some money to, to run these rigs. But now you can just pop this thing on wherever you're at. Um, it's battery powered. It's and, and the amount of tech in these things is, is kind of cool. Um, so accessibility. And then again, it's just it's like a, it's it's sort of a blank canvas for you to do so many things like the amount of different apps and experiences I have on my original Oculus. You know, you can play you can play some table tennis with some stranger across the world and then exit that app and have a very uh, almost, you know, move to tears type experience where they've gone mm. to um, <clears throat> war ridden city and someone has a voiceover and they're telling you their story about living in a war zone. And, uh, you know, you're, you're presented that experience. So you can have such a huge range. And, and again, it's the, the immersion. I think the big factor here is the immersive quality when you're watching a movie, when you're when you're just doing work. So uh, a big thing that I think is going to happen, and it will probably happen sooner than we think, people will stop purchasing two, three screens, and they'll have a headset because the headset, the resolution is getting there to where, um, and it will be there very soon, I think, where you can uh, just pop up a lot of screens in, in virtual space and uh, get more work done than you were doing prior because you don't have the distraction anymore. When you put this headset on, the outside world sort of melts away and you can focus more and and really apply attention. Um, yeah, so I, I think there's just so much to be gained with this technology and idea. And there's a lot to do. There, there uh, I will be the first mm -hmm. to say, it's not like we're already there there's a lot to still do but the things i've seen is very very promising it might it might be a safer bet now than well i'll put it this way i think it this is the, the adoption of vr is going to be amplified by what happened last year the, the lockdown or whatever you mm -hmm. want to call it the pandemic last year and I don't think that's going away. I, I don't think that things like movie theaters are coming back. Mm. So I think due to, um, you know, not necessarily pure market forces, but due to, I don't know, this, what, what happened in the world, I think that's, yeah, that's going to drive adoption a bit. I, I totally agree with that. And, and I'm sure you've probably come across some of the information where, you know, a lot of companies were really hoping that they could return back to what they were doing yeah. with everyone coming into the office. But there's a huge percent. I'm sure that there will be some percent <clears throat> go right back to what they were doing, right? They keep their offices open. They bring everybody back. It goes right back to where it was. 
but so much, so many companies, so many people are not gonna go back to that. Maybe it's halfway there, maybe it's just completely remote for everybody. So um, that I think is gonna drive some of these, there's, there's, ah, man, there, it's just endless. There's so many companies now trying to create, uh, they're called producti productivity apps, right? So they are sort of trying to create a virtual space for two, three, four dozen different people in a company to come together use virtual whiteboard, use a, a screen, do a meeting, you know, um, they're trying to scan your, you know, your face in so that you look like you in the VR world. Now, again, it's rough. There's some definite rough edges right now, but considering screen technology, and there's a few different factors that come into like the immersive con, you know, the immersion, the level of immersion that is possible mm -hmm. and, um, sort of just, I don't know, just, just efficiency with the system, um, still need to be worked out. But I, I really think in the next two, three, four years, uh, it's going to get really, really good for a relatively low price for, for so many people to be able to get these things. So a low price in terms of dollars. Yes. In terms of dollars out of your pocket, yes. <laughs> what other price are we talking about? Uh, well, so you, so I was excited about the Oculus Quest too, and you know where I'm going. Um, it's it's an, it's an awesome device. It's very cheap. You know, maybe even surprisingly cheap. Like, hmm, why <laughs> is it so cheap? Yeah. Um, so you have to have a Facebook account, and I, you know, I'm probably. I've probably, I think I've been dissuaded by some, you know, the handful of accounts that say, uh, um, you know, oh, you know, Facebook required me to like send them a picture of my driver's license, and they they said it wasn't me, and like this thing went wrong, and my 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 Oculus Quest Two got bricked, and it's worthless. Um, you know, when when the price becomes so low, right? Um, it it's sort of not really your device. Uh, I just hate that. Um, I'm I'm 100% with you on that. And that's why my hope, and I mean, it is a hope that because Facebook has made such a major move and I don't think yeah. it's, I, I don't think it's an understatement or I, I don't think you could understate how big of a, of a play that they're making here. And they're really getting in early. So, I mean, they may have it cinched, but my hope is that that shows a lot of other companies and a lot of other people that there is there is competition to be had in this space so you have more pot potential um, headsets coming online to be able mm -hmm. to be bought for reasonable prices that aren't attached to a Facebook account um, I don't know how the ecosystem is going to look that, that's a part that for sure I do I honestly don't know is it going to look like the phone ecosystem that is that is right now where you have basically two platforms you know, um, it seems like a model that works. Yeah. Yeah. Know, uh, I'll, I'll, or worse. oligarchies are kind of the, the thing, right? Um, all right. Oligarchy. Am I saying the right thing? Uh, <laughs> Where it's just no. like three companies. It's not a monopoly, not. but a oligopoly. Oligopoly. That's it. <laughs> not <an> oligarchy. <laughs> uh, um, Yeah. Again, I don't know how that's going to look, but I, I, I will say that um, I've had some awesome experiences. I mean, probably later today, sure. I'm going to go play some mini golf in virtual reality. And I, it's freaking fun. 
There's so, and, and, and I think the other part of it is the amount of room for improvement is vast. Like yeah. it, 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 there is so much haptic feedback potential. Um, being able to do so many different areas. And, and the funny part of it is it's already insanely immersive and it's strapping a screen to your, to your eyeballs and maybe plugging some headphones into your ears. Like that's also goes back to my absurdist view of like, it's hilarious to me how little you have to do to convince a human <laughs> that they're on a golf course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it it does not take much, and so I that mean, people to played me, Wii Golf. I don't know if you ever did on the N- Nintendo Wii. It was garbage. <laughs> what was it? It had Wii Golf. Oh, it had tr- it had, it had horrible graphics, and people yeah, loved it. Yeah. And yet, did you have fun, or did you? I sure. mean, it wasn't VR. I'm I'm guessing, but no, it, it wasn't. But you you got to swing the controller physically, and that would swing oh, your right. club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, even that, right? Like, you're not even in a, you know, an, a head-mounted display in HMD. You've just got the, you know, you're just taking an action. Like, you're instead of mm-hmm. sitting there, you're actually just moving in a certain way, and that's immersive. So, yeah, there's so much potential there. And again, the little that you have to do to br- bring someone in. Um, you're talking about movie theaters. I mean, there's already companies. Um, trying to to bring that into into VR. Like I watched yep. um, Minority Report two, three, four weeks ago in a giant you know theater with a <laughs> giant screen in, in front of me, and I was like, and it was a it was a theater that was out in space. All right, so I was I got to look up through the the windows up at Starry Sky while I'm watching Minority Report. You know, if you if a movie theater opens up that gives me that experience, maybe I'll go check them out. You know, I. I as low as my tolerance for people is in real life already, that's just going to drop it to zero. If I can watch a movie and just mute people around me, when I go in, you know, when I go see people in real life that are just yeah. annoying, it's just I'm going to have zero tolerance for them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> because you get so used to. Yeah, exactly. I I see what you mean. Well, that is true because I, I know this is probably probably you and I are on the far end here but like when i go to the movie theater i go i usually go well past the debut day and um i try to go super late and i've i've maybe twice now sat in a theater by myself um, in physical in the physical world now Mm -hmm. in these in these vr theaters like i bought the minority report is like five bucks and i and you're sitting in a theater but there's no one else around you and that's my favorite (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> love it I, I love it <laughs> so um you get that and you don't even have to worry about you, you don't have to worry about when you walk in there like, is, is someone else gonna be in here nope <laughs> you know I, I think i think there are gonna be some big leaps made in the coming years um i don't know if you saw the recent uh, boston dynamics video oh yes i did my goodness that was that looked like a big leap forward right there and it's like it's like uncanny valley of robotics i would would say it's uncanny yeah like you're watching them dance and you're thinking i i I honestly a few of the frames i'm like oh i think it's cg yeah yeah Yeah. no no that that looked like cg right there nope (laughs) and you can buy the dog <laughs> that's yeah, you like can. commercially Absolutely. available. There's some YouTubers that have them. Um, 
so that's an area too. Yeah, robotics for sure. There's some I thought going to be. I don't. I don't know about. Sorry to interrupt. I don't know about you. I thought that was further off, and then I saw that, and I'm like, all right, you know, anything's possible now. I I had been pretty on on task with all of their releases of their different videos for. Uh, I think now you know they've got like Atlas. They've got. Mm-hmm. I think is it they call it Fido the the dog one. There's I forget the one that's kind of specifically manufactured to be a um, kind of like a factory line uh, uh, robot. It's just a long arm with like pneumatic yeah. uh, uh, like a pneumatic hand basically. Um, I was expecting very soon like seeing that video just at the end of 2020. Um, wasn't super surprising to me, but but uh, I was really like kind of blown away still you know yeah. one thing that maybe my am i even while watching the video my expectations kept going up and up and up i i started thinking for sure one of them's gonna do a backflip i, I don't know <laughs> maybe next time i again with the false memories here you say that and i want to say they've no, no I don't maybe they, they have that. no maybe you might be right yeah, now you got me thinking they did one where they had it do a backflip, but maybe I, I incepted you and then see. that incepted my, myself guess, also. Dude, well, I guess it's official now. We can state that at least for me, um, robot. Now there's a robot that can dance way better than me. Beyond way, I mean, God damn it, hella better than me. <laughs> Just burn the dance floor now. Yeah, but. If you if you get pretty good at programming that robot, you could program a robot that can dance pretty well, and I guess that's worth something. Who knows? I, I think it's going to just basically be robots versus humans that program robotic suits right. to put on themselves so that they can <laughs> dance. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Hopefully, it's a bright future. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe that it's a bright future, <laughs> whether it is or not. All right, man. Well, it has been quite the time. I think we've uh, covered some good ground. I, uh, I, I think I'm coming down from my tea high at least. And uh, I don't know. Let's look forward to uh, more tea this year and more uh, interesting topics to discuss. Let's make it a good 21. Let's do. 